Hey there, it's Jenny. And before we get started on today's podcast, I just want to send a very special invitation to you to join me and niche specialist Jason Wheeler for an exclusive webinar happening on May 21st. We're diving into the Elemental Marketing System. It's the ultimate guide to scaling your consulting, your coaching, or any service-based business pretty effortlessly. During the session that we're going to have, you're going to uncover the secrets of attracting and converting your ideal clients, optimizing your lead generation strategies, and really unlocking the full potential of your marketing efforts. If you're ready to propel your business forward and really get to those amazing heights and sustainable growth, then this is the training for you. Go ahead and reserve your spot today. You can go to growandprofitonline.com forward slash lead dash gen dash class. Can't wait to see you there. Hi, this is the Acquire Podcast from the Odd Phonic Podcast Network, and I'm Jenny Wright. This is the podcast that delves deep into the world of list building and online events, and it's designed to empower entrepreneurs and marketers with the knowledge and strategies to master these essential business growth tactics. We're going to talk tech stacks today. What software does it take to run your business successfully and help it grow? And if you're not techie, you're still going to be able to use this episode to help your business, so stay with me. At the time that I'm doing this, I am recently back from a trip to Orlando where I did some speaking. And I had some people actually talk to me in the Q&A section about what I use in my business. And this is the inspiration for this episode. So let's talk about tech stacks. Tech stacks are a necessity. You have to have one in your business. And if you do, it's going to help you. And if you don't, it's not going to help you. So in this episode, I'm going to tell you my embarrassing and very expensive tech stack mistake that I made. I'm also going to talk to you about the building block tech stack versus the growth tech stack. Um, I'm also going to talk about tech stack optimization. There actually is a, a thing here about optimizing that and making sure you have the right thing in your business. And I also want to talk about the fact that I absolutely hate one size fits all software. I think it's a load of BS and they don't hit the mark almost ever. And I also really want to share what my current tech stack is and what I'm looking at in 2024 as I grow personally and see sort of what I'm looking at for the future. So let's start off talking about the fact that chances are you absolutely already know what a tech stack is. You already have one. The word tech stack is actually borrowed from uh, web design, like web dev. And we've sort of used it now in our own businesses for the online space. And having the right tech stack is super important. It's the sticking point for me that before I even say yes to working with a client, I need to know what their tech stack is because if I want them to be able to get to the goals they tell me they have, they have to have the right software and technology in place to make it happen. I've had to have clients move from their current tech stack to a new one just based on what their plans are and what they tell me they actually want to do. You literally can't run a, success, a successful summit on crappy platforms. You can't sign up hundreds of students on crappy course software. And you really can't run a successful email campaign when your email marketing doesn't talk to your other tech components. And so the importance of having the right tech stack for what you do and where you are in your business is massive. And I really can't emphasize this enough. Your tech stack can either help you or hinder you. It can make a launch go super smooth, or it can tank your efforts in every direction. These also change over time. This makes sense depending on where you are in your business, your, uh, your budget, your tech stack is going to change and evolve as you do. 
And also I want to say that holding onto a component in your tech stack that isn't working for you, but you're super comfortable with is also holding you back. So if that's happening for you and you just need me to acknowledge that so you can see it and then change it, then take that for what's worth. All right, so I'm going to tell you my, my embarrassing story with my tech stack. I have um, two really embarrassing stories in my business. And one of them is that this, the story I'm about to tell you. And the other one's how I lost like $7,500 on a coaching program I had no business being part of. That's a story for another day. So this is first, this is like in the first six to 12 months of my business, I'm, I'm kind of running things very, very lean. Uh, and I almost got taken for a ride by one of the biggest tech stacks out there. Uh, so you all know Infusionsoft. And again, this is like no shade to Infusionsoft. This is just about me making a bad decision. So Infusionsoft is now called Keep. And in the first six months of my business, I saw an ad from them. I can't even remember where I saw the ad. And I was intrigued. It seemed like a really cool software. So I went ahead and downloaded their lead magnet. And in the lead magnet, you actually had to put your name, your email, and your phone number. And uh, so I did. 24 hours later, I was on the phone uh, because they were starting to call me nonstop. I was receiving a phone call like twice a day. So in 24 hours, you know, within that time span, I was on the phone with a rep. And he told me all about what uh, amazing stuff Infusionsoft could do and how it was going to help me and it was going to be my one-stop shop and it was going to make a boatload of money uh, and before I knew it this thing was going to be the best thing ever. So uh, I feel really stupid talking about this but I actually said yes. Sign me up. It was $500 a month uh, but it also had a non-refundable one. I think it was $1,100 startup cost. So $500 a month, $1,100 startup cost. And mind you, this is before I was making consistent income. My rent at the time was about $1,200. Uh, so that was, you know, the cost of Infusionsoft was going to be about 41% of what I was actually paying in rent. And I was maybe making about $2,500 a month at the time. So this was like 20% of my total income. And I wasn't factoring in the non-refundable startup cost. And I actually wasn't backing out the fact that I had $1,200 in rent. The numbers really didn't add up. So when I stopped and looked at the numbers, I woke up. I was like, what the heck am I doing? I snapped back into reality and I canceled the contract. Now, I had to pay $500 for being an idiot. And, you know, my partner wasn't that impressed with me. This whole scenario was not a good one. I'm sad to say this isn't the first time or the last time I made a mistake like this in my business. Like I said, I've got two really big stories, but a bunch of little ones. And I feel like a lot of us have these stories where we sign up for a service or a product that we thought was going to be so incredible and it was going to change everything for us. And it didn't do what we wanted. So this is why I'm so like adamant about tech stacks. And I wised up after that event. I really did. I started looking at tech stacks differently. I started looking at software differently. Uh, I went lean and mean all the way. And so my first tech stack is basic, like how a lot of us started. And a lot of it was free. And I worked on the different things at the time until, you know, I, I started to outgrow it. And I did make a mistake here where I was already outgrowing my tech stack at a, at a pretty reasonable pace and I wasn't choosing the right technology to take it over. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that later. But let me tell you what my first tech stack was. So it was Visita, and that was for calendar scheduling. I had uh, constant contact for email marketing and newsletters. I was using PayPal for taking payments and a product called Instapage for my page builder. I also used Instant, instant Teleseminar for summits and hosting a call because this is way before Zoom uh, and things like that. And I used Skype. Skype was what I did most of my client calls on. That's it. So I had six things in my total tech stack and two of them were free. Not all of them were great. Uh, I think Instantel Seminar was actually like super cool at the time. Uh, Instapage actually worked really, really well. It was the first page builder I ever used. It taught me how to build high converting pages. 
kind of liked it actually. Um, Constant Contact did not like it. And actually at the time that I was using it, they had a whole bunch of red flags coming up where their emails were not getting delivered due to some sort of server issue. I'm not exactly sure what that was, but that's actually when I made the jump and actually jumped over to Aweber. My tech stack looks super different now. And, and I'll tell you a little bit about it later, but I mean, you have to start somewhere, right? So you can go to the show notes and take a look for more detail about what I'm going to tell you about my tech stack, what it is now. For the purpose of this, this is where I started. There is a difference between your basic um, everyday tech stack and what you need to grow. So I'm going to call the basic everyday the building block. And this is the stuff that you have currently in your business or that you need in your business. And it's your everyday tech stack. And your growth tech stack is what you need at the times of launches, of giveaways, of bundles, of things that you're doing that are actually meant to grow your business. And you may not keep those things forever. You're using them for a time period. And when that time period is over, you may or may not actually let some of those things go. You might keep a few. So a build, like a business building uh, tech stack is just what I'm saying. It's the building blocks. And you need to have something for calendar or scheduling. You need a website, you need a payment gateway, you need a course delivery program or platform if you are a coach or a uh, course creator. You need some sort of video calling platform or webinar platform. You need email marketing graphics creation, uh, storage service for files and sharing files, and something to project manage with unless you are a pen and paper person, and then you don't need that. So all of these technologies need to be able to talk to each other as well. And that might mean you add on something else, which is like a if this, then that software like Zapier or something, but you may or may not need it at this point. I think most people do, but it's just a, it just depends on whether or not your software actually talks to each other. And you can run a highly successful business on this tech stack, or even less than this tech stack, or even more. And like I said, you can always revert back to this style of tech stack when you're not in some sort of a launch or growth period. This is sort of the basics. And I want you to kind of think of that when I now talk about this growth tech stack. This is the tech stack that allows you to really add um, more students, more customers, more clients, more volume, like all the things, more of something to help you when you're in a growth phase. And so that's when that's kind of happening. And it's not efficient to be paying for a growth stack when you're not in a growth period. So if you're not in a launch, if you're not doing a summit, if you're not doing a big, you know, rollout of a course or a program, you end up paying for technologies that you may or may not need at that point. And so at that point, you're going to like when the when the event is over, you are going to dial back a bit, but you might keep one or two, like I said. Why am I talking about these two different things? Because I really want you to avoid the new sexy or the new shiny thing that comes out. Here's another story, by the way. All right, so years ago. I was on the market for my first car and I was in my twenties. I had like a, you know, credit rating I was willing to play with and uh, I loved to drive fast cars. So I was tired of my beaten up old uh, secondhand Ford Tempo and I really wanted something new. So Pontiac was releasing their brand new, fully redesigned Grand Am. I went for it. I bought it. It was the first production car, sorry, the first production year for this car. And lo and behold, um, being gung ho, I ended up with a lemon. This car's tranny had issues. I had battery issues, the air conditioning broke, it had to be replaced, uh, that was in the first six months. My power windows broke, the motors needed replacing on two of the front ones. Um, it had multiple recalls and eventually after only a couple of years, I actually had to get rid of it because the alternator was defective and Pontiac actually refused to fix it. I, I wrote them letters, I complained, didn't matter what I did, they weren't gonna do it. So I actually got rid of that car. 
And it reminds me of when you go for like a new tech platform that's just launching. You're paying for that platform. Uh, you're giving them your money. It could be like $99 a month, could be $200 a month so that you can pay for their developers to improve over time. These new shiny things that come out usually don't have all the bells and whistles, but they promise them. They're like, yeah, in six months we'll add this and 12 months we'll add this, right? And you're basically paying for the components with the promise. Basically, they're promising you a future and stuff always breaks, right? A lot. So you have to look at this like brand new software or these shiny things. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for looking at some like the AppSumo stuff myself. And you really got to look at these things and wonder whether or not they're worth it. So when you're looking at adding something to your tech stack, especially in a growth tech stack, make sure it's not something just for the sake of, you know, adding something shiny, something new that's untested, unproven, and potentially can break on you when you're in the middle of a launch. That is the worst thing ever. You do not want to add something that's untested during a growth period. Lo and behold, it will always, something bad will always happen and you'll get just totally get screwed over. So your growth stack, which we know is obviously going to be a little bit different. You might be adding things like new webinar software or get evergreen webinar software. You might be adding some paid plugins to your site to add some functionality. You could be looking at new affiliate software programs. You could be looking at a countdown software. If you're running like a countdown funnel for a timed launch, uh, you could be looking at paid payment gateways to add more credit card op opportunities to what it is that people are going to pay for. You might be adding editing or recording platforms. Uh, you may be investing in doing a podcast for a growth period. So you're looking at podcast platforms and softwares and so on, right? So after you've had this like growth period or launch, there's some of those that you might keep. You might decide to keep the podcast. You might you know, decide to keep the countdown software or you want to keep the affiliate software. That's all good. So you're going to keep those things and those are going to now push into your basic tech stack. That's going to be part of your building block and you're going to keep them going forward. Everything else that you don't need, you need to pause or cancel. So you're not paying for these additional things each month that you just don't need. A lot of people forget this step. They forget that they're paying $14.99 a month for X or whatever. And then a couple months down the line, they're like, oh crap, I've wasted three, four, $500 on stuff I actually don't need. Your growth stack job is to get you successfully to the next level. Help with the launch. Add to the betterment of your hopeful income and that's it. After that, dial back. The other thing I want you to do is I want you to optimize on a regular basis. Now, optimization with your tech stack sounds simple, but there's a couple things I want you to think about because I want you to reassess on a regular basis. So tip number one is to take a look at it on probably a quarterly basis. Essentially, I want you to take a look at it. I want you to make sure your tech stack is still working for you that it has all the right things and there's nothing in there that you don't need. Also, you need to look at red flags and I'm gonna talk about that in a second because I've always found that there is software that we tend to bring into our tech stack and then we allow red flags to happen but we don't get rid of it. We just kind of put up with it, hoping that it'll either get better or it's good enough for now or it's too much of a pain in the butt to change, right? As an example, I actually found um, this page builder that my clients were always using was very tedious and there was like, I don't know, 12 steps just to get one little thing done. I think it was actually to create a page that had a product that had the attachment of an affiliate that then, you know, had an automation. I think I actually counted on paper. There was like 12 or 15 different steps that I had to go through to make these things happen in this particular page builder. Very popular one, by the way. And then this different page builder that I knew of, I could get the same thing done with like half the steps. 
and the better result. Like it wasn't as painful to actually go through the process. So I actually showed my client, hey, look, what you've been using because, you know, some big name told you it was awesome and you jumped on the awesome bandwagon uh, and you're used to it. You're used to those 15 steps is actually not that great. And if you want something better, this is what it looks like. And I showed them the whole process. I think I even did like a loom and showed them and they ended up moving over all their stuff. And funny enough, it saved them a ton of time. Their VA became much more productive because they didn't have 15 steps to go through. They only had like six. And so that's, imp- you know, that's optimization of your tech stack. You have to look at your tech stack and think, is it always improving or is it stagnant? So you want to have a platform or platforms that are constantly being improved, have helpful new features, features you'll actually use and not something that you're not going to use, as well as new stuff that's coming that just kind of makes sense. Sometimes you'll see a platform roll out new developments and you're like, I can't really use that, but now I have to pay for it. Or you might have a platform where you were grandfathered in at one price, but if you want that extra little feature that's really going to make the difference, now you're in a totally different package and that makes no sense because it's like a really, really big price jump. That happens a lot. And then you also have the platforms that um, roll things out that just, just don't fit. You know, you don't need that extra piece. So this is where you kind of have to look at things and think, okay, I need to know what is out there. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but you need to know what's happening so you can keep an eye on things. Don't sort of pull the wool over your own eyes or your team's eyes, just like this is good enough for now. And I actually remember AWeber. AWeber is an email marketing software. And at one point I was using them and they rolled out a new feature. I was really excited about this feature because it was going to help me do a lot of automations. It was really, really great. But when it came out, first of all, it came out like nine months later than they said it would. Two, when it came out, it was super buggy. Uh, And three, it didn't do exactly what they said it would. So I don't know what happened on their dev side, but it wasn't exactly what they said. Now, I still love AWeber for, you know, some of my clients still use it. But to me, that was a red flag. I still love the platform overall, but when I started seeing this kind of stuff happening, I was like, okay, I need to know what's out there in case I want to move. And, and I ended up moving. I ended up actually taking my entire list and all my automations and going to active campaign. So, but when you start seeing features added and things removed that you're just not happy with, you need to start thinking of your exit strategy. Another, you know, another tip is always looking at alternate platforms. So if the one that you're using just kind of stops working for you or has more of the red flags like I was talking about, you have to have an idea where to go. Uh, this alternate sort of planning is really, I mean, you can look at it like almost like an ascension plan. It's either you're growing out of the tech or the tech isn't working for you anymore and you need to move it along, right? So I know of a client who uh, was actually blacklisted on their email marketing platform because they were part of an MLM and they were sending out stuff for this MLM and they actually grew a list and they imported a list and the email marketing provider blacklisted them because they, they didn't want to work with MLMs. This is a long time ago. So that person's like, crap, where do I take my entire list and, and what do I do? So, you know, like I said earlier, I use Active Campaign, and if tomorrow I had to move, I know I would probably move to ConvertKit. And, and that's actually what that client did. They actually moved from, I think it was MailChimp to like ConvertKit. So I've I've done my research on the platform, my own little Ascension plan, and I've tested out a free trial. And I recommend that you do this. So always have an idea as to where you can go. 
And if this is not sort of your, your cup of tea, you're not technical, you're not actually sure, take a look at creating what I call a feedback loop with your team, because your team knows what's what. They use your tech stack every single day, day in, day out. They create uh, all this stuff for you and they actually have better insights on it than potentially you do. And they also know what's out there. So ask their input, ask them to identify the, the pain points or the opportunities for improvement that you may not see because you're just not the one that's in the trenches all day. So you really need to, you know, kind of include them in this. And then my last thing before I talk about my tech stack is this one size fits all BS. And I'm going to make this quick. It's BS. A one-stop shop style platform ticks me off like nothing else. It is the bane of my existence. In 12 years of business, I have yet to see one platform that does this, like one all-in platform that does this 100% well in all the areas that it touts on their website. In my opinion, all-in-one is the master of none. I will not touch it. Uh, if you have it, that's great. If it works for you, awesome. But to me, it always lets me down in one spot. So they're diehards in this space and they're like, I know they're like bawling their fists at me right now and that's okay, I get it and you're totally worthy of doing that. I love some of the features in, in some of these all-in-ones and I've used pretty much everyone out there, uh, but I'm constantly trying new softwares and platforms and I'm telling you that every single one has fallen short for me. So uh, either their email marketing provider isn't working the way that it should or their page builder is crappy or their affiliate system is complicated or their product development is crappy, something is not at the right level. And so if you prefer, and you know, this is, this is your style, you like everything in one place, go for it. But I'm telling you that in my opinion, as somebody who builds a lot of tech all the time, uh, that this, there's always something that falls short. And the last thing I'm going to say about this is you, when you look at your tech stack and your software, don't look at making it so that you pay the highest price thinking that it's going to give you all the bells and whistles because you may not need it, right? So there's an all-in-one out there, but if you pay the highest price, you get email marketing, affiliate, page building, product development, website, and so on and so forth. Blogging even, I think. And you don't need all of that at certain levels, right? Because you may not have your email marketing in one of these all-in-ones or you just may not be using affiliate software. So if they have a package that you can lower down to pay less then do that because you don't need to be paying the high bucks thinking, Oh, in six months I might do an affiliate, like save the money kind of thing. Right? So do that. And I'm going to wrap this episode up talking about my own tech stack. And I actually wrote it down. I'm not going to go through every single one of them because technically there are 26 things on my tech stack and that is not including basics like social media and so on. So my quick tech stack here, uh, go to the show notes for the rest is I use active campaigns for my email marketing, ClickFunnels, the classic edition for my page building. I use Thrivecart for products and course delivery and affiliate, Canva Pro for the graphics. I use the full Adobe suite for uh, a lot of things, including my podcast, Captivate for my podcast, Asana for project management, uh, Zoom and a bunch of other stuff, uh, obviously for video conferencing, Calendly for scheduling all my calls, Slack is how I talk to people, and Stripe is how I process my payments. One last thing, I use better proposals for sending proposals to my prospective clients. I think that is like well worth the price because it helps me close clients. So that's just like a quick smattering of what my tech stack is because a lot of people ask me. So you can go and check those out, but go check them out on the show notes. There are affiliate links there, but you can check them out. So I hope this kind of makes you look at your own tech stack and make you think about what you might have, what you're missing, what you need to review, 
and what to get rid of that's no longer serving you and make some really good decisions for this year that are gonna help you stay in growth mode as much as possible. And if you have any questions about what you should have in your tech stack or what it should look like, take a look at the show notes again and you can get sort of a better sense as to what I have and feel free to drop me a question, um, send me a DM and talk to me about what you have on your tech stack and I'll happily help you. All right, I hope you found this helpful. And as always, the Acquire podcast is produced and edited by Jason Wheeler. And if you found today's episode to be valuable, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. The Acquire podcast is again brought to you by the Oddphonic Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening.